A quick word before we jump in. This episode discusses the alleged plot to kidnap a baby. However, this is an ongoing investigation, and the opinions of the hosts and interviewees are opinions, not facts. Everyone is presumed innocent unless proven otherwise in a court of law. Pregnancy. Nine months of growing baby. The wonder of creating new life and, of course, all the plans. The softest baby blankets. The safest car seat. The stroller with all the bells and whistles. Creating the perfect baby room for mama's bundle of joy. 40 weeks of gestation and preparation. The payoff? At long last, mama and baby meet. And of course, every mother wants to capture those precious moments of new life. Alicia Miller was no exception. Her new baby girl was a joy alongside her little three-year-old son. Miller was on her own, so money's tight. And when she saw a Facebook post of a woman offering to take professional newborn baby photos for free, she was ecstatic at that opportunity. The photographer, Juliet Parker, even offered to come to her home. But she didn't come alone. Parker's 16-year-old daughter tagged along to these in-home photo shoots. In retrospect, Miller felt the encounters were a bit odd. Something just didn't feel right. Her feeling of dread came to a head on that February night when Parker and her daughter came over that last time. They came bearing gifts, dinner, wine, and three different types of cupcakes, insisting the new mom not just try one cupcake, but two different flavors. And as soon as she swallowed the second cupcake, her body's reaction was immediate. 911, what's your emergency? My face is numb, like up to my cheekbones. And I've puked like five times now, and I don't know if it's an allergic reaction or if they drugged me with something. Prosecutors say Juliet Parker had schemed for months, even involving her 16-year-old daughter in her plans to meet pregnant women as a baby photographer on social media sites, offering free professional baby photos. And according to the profile of a baby abductor, when a woman wants to steal a baby, nothing will stop her. This woman, she's not gonna quit. You can't make her quit. She is so obsessive compulsive about she is gonna have a baby. I'm Carolyn Osorio with Kim Shepard, and this is the scene of the crime. So Carolyn, that soundbite you played of the woman who had eaten the cupcakes, yes. she sounded, I don't know, cross between drunk and ill. Yeah. Was that while she had, like after she had ingested the cupcakes? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How does, how do police respond to that? Because I can imagine as a 911 operator, you get this call. I mean, I'm sorry, but in my mind, I would immediately think this person's on drugs. Well, I think that when a woman calls and says she thinks that she's been drugged with a cupcake, I mean, it's not your average typical call. So the police report on this case was nearly 100 pages long. And it was pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. Do you remember when the story hit? Because oh, it just yes. recently broke. Well, and, and the crazy thing that I've noticed is that there are still photographers out there offering free newborn sessions to build my portfolio. And there are still mothers responding to those ads. That's oh what gosh. really well, just and I think takes that, the cake. Yeah. 
the cupcake. Yes. Yeah, I think Ed Troyer said it best. He's the uh, public information officer for the Pierce County Sheriff's Office. And in an interview, he said, you know, if something's free, it's probably not, you know, nothing in life is free. So I think that for people out there who are still possibly looking at free photography, you know, take note of this story and that might change your mind. And so the 100 pages were, were a combination of charging documents where I got most of the background on this case. It's still a very active investigation. Um, also, there was a very emotional press conference with the alleged victim, Alicia Miller, and that's the mom that, you know, ate the cupcake. And from those documents, it was revealed that Juliet Parker, goes by different aliases and has a criminal history. In 2003, Lakewood PD reported that she was in possession of explosives. In 2014, there was a report that some kind of military explosive was tampered with and detonated at her home with injuries to herself and others. There was also in the police report, it said that her father was a career military man and that she was barred from JBLM, which is Joint Base Lewis-McChord in 2015. So I'm giving a little bit of background on her. We still don't, there's still a lot we don't know. Do you have the uh, the information on her political background? I, I do. I don't. And I she apparently ran for mayor. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, a, town a, in Colorado. Yeah. Right? On a homeless platform where she was going to do a lot to help the homeless. Well, maybe she was going to help by <laughs> taking their babies. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what she was hoping to do. So according to these these documents, um, right now, a lot of the evidence against Parker is from her ex-boyfriend who talked to police after a friend sent him screenshots showing that Parker had posted on social media claiming to be that photographer, wanting to build her portfolio, and she wrote even, quote, if you don't have a car, I can come to you. I want to do infant photography, and I want to do it for free. So Parker's ex basically told investigators that at the time of the incident, she rented a house from him and lived there with her 16-year-old daughter. The ex said that he has known Parker for 20 20 years and that they had dated for a year, like about a year and a half, roughly around the 2012-2013 time frame. So th- this is in Spanaway, um, which is probably like, what, like an hour from Tacoma or 45 minutes from Tacoma? Anyway, it's, it's that neck of the woods. The ex claims that his relationship with Parker ended when she cheated on him with a man who became her boyfriend who recently left her because, according to her, she kept talking about raising a baby together, and he didn't want that. Now, all of this is based on the ex-boyfriend's texts and communications with her. So, obviously, you know, we don't have her side of the story, but this is what we do. Well, we we do know know that she tried to steal a baby. Yes, and there's there's some, you know, there's some reason to believe the stories that he's telling. Yeah, there's that. So, the ex told police that Parker, this is crazy, was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2014, had a hysterectomy in 2013, and he told police that he didn't believe that she suffered any mental health issues, but speculated that she abused prescription prescription pills. And he added that Parker tries to act, these are his words, like an idiot, but she's very charming, describing her as sharp and cunning. He also described her as lazy because she comes from a wealthy family. So we're, we're kind of seeing from his perspective, they, you know, she rented a house from him with her daughter, the boyfriend that she cheated with him on back in 2012. So she has, you know, had a long-term relationship with this guy. He's taking off 
um, because she keeps talking about this kid, allegedly from this other ex's perspective. And so now she's coming back to the ex. Okay. okay. So are you getting this out of I'm getting this. The thing that, that I keep, I can't get out of my head is mm-hmm. the fact that she already has a daughter. Mm-hmm. So I guess I picture people who are dying to have a baby as people who don't already have one. Well, you know what? And I had that same feeling, too. (laughs) Not only does she have a daughter, but she has an 11-year-old son. Okay, the 11-year-old son doesn't, it's a 10 or 11-year-old son, doesn't live with her. He lives with his, his biological father. So she has two kids. So those poor kids, if this were my mother, it would feel to me like I'm not enough. Well... And here's the thing: the jury's out on the 16-year-old. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be poor kid to the 16-year-old because she basically was allegedly in on the plot. But to... she's a, still a child. Her brain is not fully developed. She's under the spell of her mother. Mm-hmm. I, I would not hold any of this against her. I wouldn't. I've given this a lot of thought, and I don't know. I mean, the jury for me is still out on that because, you know, what, you've brought this up to me so many times about at what point do you have to take responsibility for your actions? Remember how we've talked about yeah. that? And at 16, I mean, stealing someone's baby, I mean, you've got four, I've got five. So there's yeah. a lot to overcome here for us. I but- could see where she, the daughter would think, though, you know, my mom is so hell-bent on doing this. She's going to do it no matter what. And and better that I'm involved and make sure that that kid's okay. Yeah. Well, it, anyway, around Thanksgiving, Juliet Parker allegedly reached out to the ex saying, hey, we should get a kid. And yeah, let's go pick one up at Walmart. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and Parker has told her ex, hey, I could find a baby and you and I can raise it together because you have a good job and a nice house. And the ex says he told Parker he didn't want kids. Even so, he says Parker kept bringing it up about them raising a child together and that she said that she would marry him on the spot if he found her a baby girl in the next five weeks. The ex joked that they should kidnap one and Parker said as a last resort. Parker said that around New Year's Eve, the 16-year-old daughter sent him text saying that her mom would be really happy, to your point, if he and her mom had a baby. Now, around the same time, Parker kept asking him about GHB, which is that date rape drug. And so, you know, he wasn't connecting the dots. I think he was just playing along with her. I don't really get their relationship. Maybe but... he thought it was sort of like a fantasy that she liked to plan out, but didn't really plan on pursuing, but more it kept her mind busy and kept her hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I it's, don't it's know. hard to know. I'm trying to make I know excuses you, for this crazy woman. <laughs> you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's still like, what would you do if you had, if you were a guy? I wouldn't and this date woman somebody kept, like that. I know, but you keep, she keeps like putting this in your head and it's like, I don't know, like he can't really go to police at this point I because he probably thinks. Her. I mean, just go just leave her yeah exactly um so police asked the ex if parker was a photographer and he told them no that he had bought her the equipment for christmas because he said that she was upset with her life and that taking pictures made her feel better and that's how through this social media post is how the alleged victim alicia miller met parker in january when miller told police that her friends saw a facebook post about the free photo shoots for moms of newborns and forward it to her responded to a Facebook post from a woman named Juliet who says she was a photographer that would take free photos of my newborn baby for her portfolio. 
So January 9th, Parker and Miller talked via Facebook Messenger about Parker coming over to take the photographs of her baby girl. And then January 14th, Parker came over and it was during that photo shoot that she led Miller to believe that she had just had a newborn baby, too, and that she had a C-section with her daughter, Tristan. Okay, so at the time... Parker took photographs of Miller's daughter, but also took selfies with her baby girl, too, which Miller found kind of weird. So she's supposed to be going... Have you ever had... I mean, you know, like you said, you got five kids, I've got four. (laughs) We've done a few newborn photo sessions between us. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had the photographer take a selfie with the child? (laughs) No. Okay. No. (laughs) No. Red flags all over the place. Right. I know, but I think there's that thing that happens when you have somebody in your house and I don't know you just don't want to think the worst of people and it's I don't know I I also think that when you have a newborn you think your kid is so damn cute oh yeah of course everybody Everybody wants to take a photo with it (laughs) yeah I've definitely felt that yeah (laughs) so but I think that that she she is right to have felt odd Parker sent Miller seven pictures that were supposedly edited but she says they were taken with the woman's iPhone so this camera that she brought over was just like, a prop? <laughs> yeah. So on January 19, they met again, and Parker took more pictures of M- Miller's baby, saying she was making a mini booklet of photos for her. And then January 20th, Miller was like, hey, did you ever get a business page or website? And and she didn't get a response until like a week later. Parker apologized for not getting back, but said her newborn daughter wasn't letting her sleep much. And the next day, she told Miller that her 16-year-old was a great babysitter and would be happy to help with the baby any time. Another red flag, Miller was thinking, it's odd that she was she never offered to help with her three-year-old. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, if, if you've got a newborn baby at home, why would you then also want to go babysit a newborn somewhere else if you're a teenager? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to get away from the newborn once in a while? Oh, well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and not getting paid. Like, she just was like, yeah. So things got a little bit even weirder on January 29th when Parker said she had some flowers and would bring them by the next day, which she did, but they were fake flowers in a vase. Like the fake baby she doesn't really have? (laughs) Yeah. She's all about the fake. (laughs) Exactly, but I mean, you're just like... That would be kind of weird, right? Like, you're expecting, like... Can you imagine if they were, like, dollar store, like, those giant fake roses that look, like, just terrible? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, just kind of weird. And then, February 5th, Miller says that Parker offered to bring over uh, dinner for her and her little boy. And so, she showed up with her 16-year-old daughter, again, with McDonald's and a bottle of wine... McDonald's and a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. Every new mother's favorite I know, I meal. Know. I'm not I kidding know. though. I, I am not kidding. I, I'm not. I'm not kidding either. Because I'm like, you're. She's probably. You know, when you have the baby and you're just like, it's the happiest time, but it's also kind of the loneliest time too, because you're just so like your body's still healing. You know, you're you're very isolated. You don't um, really even have the energy to shower uh, to leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I could see her wanting, even though she's getting weird vibes from this woman obviously she's getting some attention from her and you know i remember like with my neighbor who i'm not i don't talk to at all because of like we got problems but (laughs) at the time i had planted these this row of of shrubbery and 
then I had a C-section and they were dying. The plants were dying. They needed to be repotted with some soil and stuff. Anyway, my neighbor, this woman came over, dug them all up and replanted them. Oh, wow. I know. I know. And they're living and thriving to this day. And I never forgot that, that kindness, even though she ended up being like, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) But my point is, is that when people show you kindness, when you're in that vulnerable state, it's like I could see why, even though it seems weird, um, the leading up to that relationship you would still feel grateful for that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You, do you feel the same? Or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think um, after you have a baby, it's the time when your brain is the most different from how it typically is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're sleep deprived. You're also full of all these weird hormones that you've never dealt with before. You're, you know, feeling probably a lot of guilt because that's just what moms do. If you're not, you know, awake tending to your child 24 hours a day, which is just impossible. You yeah. always feel guilty about something. We always feel guilty about something, even when we're doing oh, yeah. like everything that we possibly can. My worst is when I'm spending time with one child because it's hard to get that one-on-one time. I always feel guilty about not spending time with the other kids. But then when I spend time with all the kids, I feel guilty about not getting the one-on-one time. I mean, there's no winning. I know. There's no end to it, right? <laughs> there's no end. And she was raising, you know, Alicia has a boyfriend, but she, the, the dad's, you know, she's basically on her own. Back to that night, um, they all ate the McDonald's and Parker went into the kitchen and poured a glass of wine for Miller, who took a drink and didn't want any more. And then the photographer poured herself a glass of wine in the kitchen and came back. What was weird, though, is that the mom noticed that while they were at the house, she wiped down her glass and the barbecue package that she opened for her son. Parker wiped that down, too. That is bizarre. Yeah. And that and that's when the cupcakes and a Tupperware container with a red lid were brought out. Parker gave some cupcakes to the little boy and then offered some special ones to Miller. And she told Miller that the cupcakes were really special because they were made of vegetables and she planned to sell them to General Mills. So I'm sure there was this whole big like, you got to try these because yes. and they really might special. taste a little different, right? but it's OK. But, but, <laughs> you know what? Good for you. The scary thing about that for me is that like if I were in that position, I would want to give my kid a taste. Oh, well, because the vegetables. Right. You'd be like, oh, these are super healthy here. You should have some of these, too. Uh, uh, yeah. A good thing she didn't. Well, I think that they were being very, like, weird about it because she ate the the one cupcake and she she had, like, three separate ones and then was like, here, you need to... She was pressured to eat another one and she didn't want to eat another one, but she felt pressured to do it. I mean, it wouldn't take too much pressure for me to eat a second (laughs) cupcake, but... Yeah. They pressured me to try the cupcakes. As I ate one, my lips and face started to feel numb. I saw the photographer wiping down her wine glass and other items in my house. My legs and arms started to go numb, and I repeatedly told the photographer and her daughter to leave my house. Wow. So the mom calls her boyfriend and is like, come right away. And it's sad because he's she's telling him all this like personal information about her and her kids because she doesn't know. At this point, she's really feeling like these people could be seriously doing me harm. Like she immediately recognized putting two and two together, like her symptoms with like, I've been I feel like I've been poisoned. I don't know what they're up to and like leave please leave that would be so scary i mean if she was like a wealthy person who had maybe lots of jewelry or cash or whatever you might think oh they're gonna try and rob me but that's not the case here and so what could they be in it for 
the children would would immediately come to mind. That is scary. You know what's weird is that I don't even know if that would come to my mind at that point. I, mean, I don't know it's if like I would. The most valuable thing you have, though, it is the most valuable thing, but it's like so rare. I just can't imagine someone trying to steal my baby. I don't know. I would just think at this point, I don't know what I would think. I I think I would feel like these people are weird. I'm scared, which she was. She got them to leave, but then after they did leave, she realized that her house keys were gone. So she immediately texted Parker, who denied having them, but Miller was insistent. She always puts her keys in the same place every time. Parker said she finally found them in her yard, that they must have gotten caught up on her jacket. Meantime, Miller's symptoms just worsened. She was throwing up and was so ill, she walked into a wall. Her boyfriend got there, called 911, and when the ambulance arrived, she felt like she'd been poisoned or drugged. And I think that to your point, when they got there, they probably didn't know what the deal was because she they were like you know you should just stay home and rest and if you're not feeling well you should go to the hospital in the following days which she did so she didn't go to the hospital that night she ended up going a couple of days later i went to the hospital and told the doctors what had happened they tested my blood and told me that my symptoms sounded like that someone would experience if they were exposed to ghb or the date rape drug so ghb is described as a hypnotic depressant its effects can range from drowsiness to forgetfulness like a coma-like condition that wears off in a few hours or it could be as long as eight hours um, in the date rate scenario it is put in the person's drink so miller told police that some unknown guy showed up and left the keys on her door and then the next day miller's friend posted about her experience about her friend's experience with Parker in the Facebook community along with a picture of her and that's when everything kind of blew up women came out of the woodwork comparing horror stories that Parker and her daughter allegedly had gone to their homes too and that things went missing these potential robberies weren't reported and the women went by different names but the name Parker kept coming up so not the women but Parker was going by different names but that Parker kept coming up. So um, at this point, that's when a friend of, rem- remember the ex? Yeah. That's renting the the home to Parker and her daughter. Right. He saw the social media. A friend was like, hey, look at this, because these posts are going viral. So he was put in touch with Miller, you know, the mom, and they shared these texts. And Miller found out that Tristan, remember the, the, the baby that she just had that was keeping her up at right. night? That that was actually her 11-year-old son who lived with his father, and that she didn't have a newborn baby And Miller recalled that Parker had even texted with Alicia at like four in the morning when they were both breastfeeding. So I know. Isn't that just creepy? So, of course, Miller reached out to the police. And what's crazy is that she was so terrified that Parker had stolen her keys to take a copy so she so she could come back and steal her baby. I don't like being at home. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I carry a machete, a knife, and pepper spray in my house and in my car. I sleep with a knife even under my pillow as a result of this. Wow. The police began putting together a case, asking for other women who might have had contact with Parker to come forward. And right now, Pierce County Sheriff's Office says they've been contacted by around a dozen women who say they encountered Parker about the free photographs or were in contact with her. So that's a lot. 
of yeah. women to be, you know, to, she was apparently to... looking for just the right baby or just the right situation or mm-hmm. victim. Or I, I wonder what it was she was looking for that made her finally act in this case and actually, you know, try to drug the mom. Because if there were dozens of other women that she encountered, but sounds like didn't drug. Mm-hmm. I wonder what triggered her this time. Well, as you will see in a later interview that I do with an expert on the profile of this type of woman, because it is all women that, that do this type of thing, it comes down to timing, timing when she needs that baby. So, again, according to the police report, the ex said Parker is befriending people with babies so she could steal a baby that Parker said that she wanted to bef- befriend. And this is like... This is a sad story, but this is like probably the lowest of this part of the story is that she wanted to befriend a low income and single mom so she could steal their baby. That is like the lowest of the low. And and she would you know, choose somebody low income, single. Why? Because she felt like she could give the baby a better life. It or doesn't. What was, OK, it doesn't. She doesn't describe why it is. I think that we can assume or maybe you know, because the mom then wouldn't have the resources to come after her. Well, yeah. I mean, they're more vulnerable, yeah. which which they are when you don't have a huge network around you and resources. Right. And you're way more vulnerable and you don't have advocates in your life. And so I just feel like that's like the low, low of the low. It was around this same time that the ex recalled that out of the blue... Uh, Parker said that she was moving back to Colorado with her 16-year-old, and the ex believed that it was strange that he now believes that she intended to get out of Dodge with the five-week-old baby. Police also interviewed other moms. One of them alleged that that Parker showed up and she could smell alcohol on her breath, and of course she brought her 16-year-old daughter with her, and it was just a weird experience that she took a few pictures with her camera and then had her daughter take pictures of her with the baby with the iPhone. So it wasn't just Alicia Miller that experienced this. It was other moms, too, and it was just really weird. So basically, after police amassed all this information, talking with the ex, talking with other women who had come forward and witnesses who had come forward, they had enough for a a search warrant and arrest. But because of her history with the military explosives detonating in 2004, the SWAT team had to be called in. So you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, they weren't taking, you know, I think that they were like, who are we dealing with? Who is this person? What's she capable of? What is she capable of? Obviously a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, we still don't know what the deal is with the explosives. Like, I I looked through a bunch of stuff and I couldn't figure out, like, what, what the deal was with that. So, anyway, the SWAT team came in. They did a really great job of, like, securing the perimeter as they always do. They even brought a robot in to, like, go around before they stepped in. Um, They arrested her. And the first thing that Parker told detectives was that she was going to sue that girl for slander and that she was innocent. (laughs) So they they took laptops. Um, Oh, my gosh. This is so creepy. They found a spiral notebook with baby names written. On it. They also found a key ring with like 13 keys on it, and they're checking to see if one of the keys went to Miller's house. And what about all those dozens of other moms who let her in? Exactly. We don't know yet. Um, and I'm sure that will come out. Um, but another witness came forward and said a man had been living in the house with Parker. It doesn't sound like he was a boyfriend 
We don't know who he is, but that he was seen bringing in a car seat and putting in one of the vehicles in front of Parker's house. And another witness came forward alleging that she had a history of fraudulent behavior and trying to rip people off. And they alleged that that Parker told people that she had terminal cancer and set up a GoFundMe page and it was all a sham. So I don't know how this is another witness who came forward saying this. So we don't know if it's true. So we don't know if she does have terminal cancer. We don't know. I mean, the her ex said that she had a hysterectomy, but we don't know if that that's true. She obviously has a history of not being honest. Yeah. And of yeah. And of trying to scam people for various things. Yeah. And isn't afraid to be violent. All these yeah. things add up to one scary human being. Yeah. So in another strange twist, back to the Colorado running for mayor thing, a woman called the police and said she was in a Facebook group that helped the homeless in Colorado and that Parker ran for mayor there on the platform that she was going to help the homeless. In this group, the woman says that Parker was going to do great things for the homeless, but that she was eventually banned from the group when she sent an email saying she wanted to buy a homeless person's baby, but she only wanted a girl baby. Obviously, she was blocked from the group. Um, was this before or after she didn't win a seat? <laughs> this was, yeah, I think this was like it all melted down when she was in oh, Colorado man. and then, you know, she ended up coming to to uh, Seattle. But Kim, since this is an ongoing investigation, we know that Parker was charged with, with assault in the second degree and attempted kidnapping in the second degree. Her daughter is also being charged with stuff as well. I'm not sure exactly what the daughter's being charged with. But um, at first, Parker got out on $50,000 bail. But then prosecutors were like, uh, given the nature of the charges and the flight risk, they upped it by 150. So I think she is still in jail. And there could you know, police are still looking for more victims and there could be more charges to follow. But as you know, this was a huge story in our area and actually nationwide. And we didn't want to interfere with the investigation, but we did want to better understand what drives a person to steal someone's baby. Yes. That was like the hardest thing for me to put myself in the place of who is this woman? Why, why? When I heard that she had a hysterectomy, like you, my mind went to that place like, oh, it's so sad she doesn't have any children, you know. And But my, she has two. But she has two. Well, and honestly, with a 16-year-old, I've got 15-year-olds, and, and I'm already like, I'm looking forward to having grandkids. So it's not like babies are out of your life. I mean, you're just like kind of, the way I see it is you're in a hiatus until you have grandkids. So I, I, I just truly don't understand that drive that she must have felt. Well, wait until you hear about what the profile is, because I was able to talk to John Raba. Now, he's the lead consultant on infant abductions for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Now, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is a resource for law enforcement and the healthcare industry about the topic of infant abductions. So basically, they're the people who, if a baby is abducted from a hospital, they will come in and talk to them about who are we looking for? How can we get, you know, reconnect baby and mom together? And they also go before a baby is abducted. That's what they want to stop. So they'll go and consult hospitals and say, you know, this is what you need to do. You know, back in the day, they didn't have this in the 80s. You know, that's yeah, kind nurses of what... would just come in and, and take your baby and go do whatever. And you just trusted that it actually was a nurse. Well, and remember, like, I don't know if people will remember this. I mean, I think I remember this from TV shows, but like they would actually put the babies all in one 
area, right? Like they, they well, they kind of still the... do that in NICUs. You will still see babies in one big room. Okay, but in regular pregnancy, you know, like I know in all oh, of they, my... they stay in the room with mom. They stay in the room with yeah. mom. That's yeah. protocol now, pretty much. But I mean, think about back in the day where it's like, okay, I'm ta- like you said, I'm taking your baby. Um, so John, with his work, they, they're the ones that did a really good job of like changing that narrative of, of, of how that works. And they're the ones over the last 30 years have put together a profile of who the person is that steals the baby. Because guess what? It's not guys. The study, as we've now published, is a total of 328 infant abductions. And the, the profile was very important for a number of things. The main one of which was to be able to educate nurses and hospital security as to, whoa, wait a minute. What are we looking for? You know, and, and frankly, to prove it to them. Because they like, we, what? Well, no, it's got to be some guy wearing a trench coat, carrying an Uzi. You know, what does the bad guy look like? And, yeah, except there's not a guy. So when, when the hospitals would put out an alarm inside the hospital that there's a baby, well, we don't know where a particular baby is, everybody in the hospital is looking for a guy. None of the women were stopped. Now it's just the reverse. As he was talking, it reminded me of when I had my twins. They were the first babies that I had. I was afraid for the nurses to take them to the NICU because I was afraid I wouldn't recognize them when I saw them again. Hmm. And they had taken me on a tour. I was I was hospitalized for two weeks prior to having the babies because I went into early labor and they tried to, you know, keep it off as long as possible. And they were healthy. Everything was fine. But they were tiny when they were born. So they they took me on a tour of the NICU while I was in that in the hospital waiting to deliver so that I would know kind of, you know, this is likely where your babies will wind up because they're twins and they're coming early. They will probably be tiny. So we want to give you a tour now before you're, you know, in the stress of labor. So you understand like this is where they'll be. You can come here anytime, you know, to reassure me. And it really was great. It actually did really reassure me. But when I finally had the babies and they the nurses came in and they're like, okay, yeah, we need to take them to the NICU to ensure that they're not going to lose any additional weight and make sure they're healthy and stuff. We have to you know, monitor them for at least 24 hours. My biggest fear was that I've just had these two infants that I've never seen before in my life. It's like meeting a stranger for five seconds and then hoping the next day you'll be able to pick them out of a lineup. And, and it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out to be a problem. I mean, it turned out that I could recognize them from a mile away. But I don't know. That just it. It took me back to that place in time as he was talking. The fear of even losing sight of my babies for a moment that that I might lose them. That's so crazy because you know we all have our own birthing experiences, and thank thankfully. I didn't go through any of the Nick U stuff because my baby was always with me to, you know, didn't leave my side. And it's like, that is such a, I've just never had to go through that fear of what that would be like. In fact, I was thinking, can you just take the baby for just one second so I can just like calm down and just like have a minute for just a second, please. Well, the next time I had my next baby, yeah. they did leave it in the room with me. And I was like, guys, I want to sleep. Like, I'm exhausted. I know. Can you yes. not take this kid for a minute? I know, because they're really like, no, you need, the baby needs to stay with you. And I'm like, I get it. But that's so interesting. Yeah. So what I thought was so incredible was like this idea of when she picks up the baby, it becomes she has birthed it and it's her baby. I would never say to hospital staff, don't 
stop a guy who's at least carrying something big enough to put a baby in. Other than that, that's a waste of time. You're going to look for a female carrying the baby. Not in a bassinet, not in a stroller, none of that. Nope, in arms. And that literally has to do with her birthing of that baby. Is when she picks it up in her arms and holds it to herself. I mean, I, there's no way we can, frankly, approve that, but I truly do believe, having worked all of these cases for 30-something years, that if we could somehow polygraph the instant second she arm lifts that baby, think the switch hits and it's no longer the real mother's baby, it's hers. It's like she is so tunnel focused into like she doesn't give a shit about the mom who actually did just give birth and did carry the baby for 40 weeks. it's almost like a surrogate probably where yeah she carried it but it's not really hers. Well it's just like women and the mom connection it's so strong I this is a little tiny bit of a detour but I want to take it here because it's affected me so much that I can't get it out of my mind but I saw a video recently of Moms who have Alzheimer's now who are older, so elderly women. Have you seen this video? Yeah, it's so amazing. And they put little baby dolls. It makes me want to tear up right now. They put little baby dolls in their arms and they have soft blankets and they almost look like we know it's not a newborn. But I mean, in they believe that it is their newborn baby. And, you know, when you have Alzheimer's, you keep the oldest memories. You kind of still keep a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just start crying and just like the keening and the love. I mean, it's like moms and their babies. I mean, there's just like that power is so strong. So anyway, I mean, I just as I've been thinking about this story, I've been thinking about what it means to be a mom. And the reason why these women are stealing these babies is not because of that. That's what grossed me out the most. It's because they are doing it to save some relationship with a man. What? That's yes. With all the research even they've the, done. But, okay, I don't know. That's hard for me to believe because in this case, the woman has men who don't want children. So how is having a baby going to save your relationship? I, I don't know, but that's what the profile, that's what the profile says. The motive for this particular crime is not, per se, that she's lost the baby. The motive of the crime is to cement a relationship between her significant male. And that she's lost the baby, he may not even know that. It's it's not a a swapping match. It's a wow. Where can I? You know, where do you go right now to get a library book? Well, duh, you go to the library. Well, where do you go right now to get a newborn? Ah, the hospital. So what we've managed to do over the last thirty years is is so to speak push this crime out of the hospitals. Really interesting that he said they push the crime out of hospitals. It reminds me of uh, when I was pregnant with twins. I started uh, membership in a twins group so that I could find support from other moms. Uh, it was actually called Mothers of Multiples. So there were triplets, quadruplets, everything in there. But one of the things that, that we did was we would have sort of like classes on things to do with your babies or kids. And one of the classes was on safety. And they said for the moms-to-be or the new moms one of their biggest messages was stop announcing the birth. Because when you put up a yard sign that says, yay, congratulations, it's a boy, that is a 
like advertisement for somebody who wants to steal your baby that there's a newborn in the house. Mm-hmm. And the same with those little signs on your car that say baby on board. Stop putting those on your car. Well, and John, because it's an advertisement. Yeah, and that's exactly what John said. He said Did it he? drives him crazy. Yeah, because he said what these women need is data. Because now that it's being pushed out of the hospital, the real risk is when she the bit when she brings the baby home. Right. Because they if they have data, if they know the mom's name and the baby's name, they can show up and just be like, "Hey, uh, how's the baby doing? Don't you remember me at the hospital?" Or if she, you know, she'll pass herself off as that go to the mother's home, knock on the door, say that she's a nurse. That's the first time she's ever uttered that. She never does that in the hospital, but it's too easy to check it. But she says that it's the home, and listen, I know your baby calls baby by name, too, and I just wanted to come in and check and see how y'all doing. Oh, okay. So she's invited into the house. I don't know if it's typical for hospital staff to visit you at home afterward, but it did happen to me once. I think it's very, depending on, you know, at the end of your stay, if you want lactation help. That's what I had a lactation consultant that came to my house from the hospital. I saw her at the hospital. And then a few days later, she came to my home, especially because of the twins, Mm -hmm. to make sure that things were on track. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it might sound odd. I'm just thinking to some people, but that does happen. Oh, no, I don't think it sounds odd. In fact, I was like, yeah, because they're always pushing. Don't you remember? I mean, with the nursing thing, it's like they're pushing. We need to teach you. how. It was more so with the first one because I had trouble breastfeeding with the first one. And, um, you know, they, they wanted to come visit at home. They I mean, and I could picture when you're again back to Alicia Miller, who was at home. She'd had her baby. She you're vulnerable. You want help. I could picture people just like, yeah, you know, come on, you know, come in. And especially if they mention the hospital, they they know your baby's name. They know your name. You know, that's the data that John was talking about. Well, and that can get thing, you a long way. The other thing I learned in those safety classes was um, once you have a kid, the experts say, you know, if you ever are in a place where your kid gets lost and they don't have, you know, maybe they're five or six years old, they don't know mom's phone number, or they don't know their address, like, or you're at Disneyland and they get lost and they don't know what to do, they don't know where to go. Um, statistically, the safest thing to do is not to look for a security guard, but it's to look for another mom mm-hmm. because another woman with children is likely to have that motherly instinct. Yeah. She's likely to care for the child even more than a security guard or some other kind of person in an official capacity at you know, the park or the mall or wherever you are, Mm -hmm. the safest thing to do is to find another mom. And so that was something that I have instilled in my children since they were toddlers. Mm -hmm. But in this case, she was another mom and she still wanted to steal the baby. And I So even statistics and data like can't solve all of this. Well, unfortunately, it's it's fairly rare. You know, like they've taken 328 cases since the 19, you know, 1984. And It is rare. But yes. And the one thing that's crazy, too, is that it's all women. And that was a huge hole that John was like, I can't believe because, you know, women generally aren't violent. Some of these don't end like the one in Washington. You know, he was like, hey, that that ended well in his mind because it could have gone sideways a million different ways. Did he have a theory about the fact that she met with so many different women with newborns before she acted? He says that these crimes are very well planned and that 
fits the profile to a T. It's a it's a crime of opportunity, but there's also a lot of planning because they'll the women will often pretend to look like they're pregnant and they will seek out friendships with lots of different women and and that's what happened here. So these ruses are very well planned and the, in the documents that I read, it was there was one extra guy that they didn't really go into that much detail, but he was a witness that he our case with Parker, she had led him on to believe that she was imminently going to have a baby and actually sent him photos. And this isn't the ex that she was trying to like con into getting married. This is a totally separate guy that believed that he was going to imminently have a baby, a baby that she was going to have his baby. And so, so maybe he was the one she was trying I, I, yeah. to connect with through stealing the child. Yes. And so she was just using this other guy. So there's still lots of unknowns, but she does fit many of the details of the profile so we'll just have to stay tuned on on uh so she's in jail now we believe and she's being charged but has not yet gone to trial no she has not yet gone to trial but i think that there there could potentially be more charges coming down the line as you know there's tons of witnesses coming forward and you know we'll see i i there's just so many loose ends here but i do think it's interesting to talk about what the profile of this and and if you have you know if you're a new mom you know we don't want to scare you and think that you know people are going to try to steal your baby but there are things that you that you can do and um you know we'll put the website up um, on our page. information yeah, we'll we the, should we should put up some of the tips um, I'm assuming they have tips for yeah, how to keep your baby safe when you are bringing home a newborn so we'll be sure to add some of those yeah yeah because it's it's just because you meet someone on Facebook and they're your friends you just got to be careful yeah so Kim what's coming up for next week So a lot of parents right now are dealing with the fact that the COVID-19 virus means their kids are going to be out of school for the next month or more. Well, and we are a part of that crew. We are a part of the parents. We are actually now recording out in our RV because the kids are in the house. Well, and not only that, but we can't go to our studio because we don't want to like... We We don't don't want to spread the virus. Exactly. So we're really trying to do our our part in doing social distancing. Yes. So next week, we are actually going to have an episode somewhere related to this topic. What happens when kids are out of school and getting into trouble? I'm Carolyn Osorio with Kim Shepard, and this is The Scene of the Crime.